Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MYTV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MYTV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MYTV. That's 877-499-MYTV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MYTV. That's 877-499-MYTV. Welcome. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. You know our show. It's where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime radio sports personality. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> well, I've seen your, your uh, picture in the post office, and that's what it says. That's right. Okay. Today's show is going to be really special because of our friend. Who's our friend today? Yes, uh, my former co-worker at KGO Radio, Rich Walkoff, who has spent uh, over 30 years there as the sports director. And he's been following, as I have and you have, and a lot of people have, the NBA Finals. So we're going to talk about that. All right, excellent. Okay, and at each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. We're going to be giving away a vacation to the first email with the correct answer. The vacations are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Lighthouse Resort and Marina. And those vacations are free. Their only request is $100 cleaning fee to cover the housekeeping expenses. Check them out at lighthouseresortandmarina.com. Today's trivia theme, again, we're going to keep you in suspenders, various sports trivia. Sounds good. All right. And when Rich comes uh, on next segment, we're going to ask him about the NBA. Uh, one of the other things I was just reading in like, Sports Illustrated was women in racing pits. Interesting. I thought it was kind of cool. Okay. And I wanted to also ask, and maybe you know the answer to this, is, is basketball like baseball from the standpoint of regarding – uh, teams only earning on the first four games. Mm. Okay? So we'll get into that okay. also. And then, of course, we've got to talk a little bit about Muhammad that, that, Ali. Yes, definitely. I was going to say, Muhammad Ali is a big story Big still. story. Okay. Yeah. This segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding still over 8% secured by real estate. Doesn't get any more conservative than that. you got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And, again, when we have Rich on, we're going to talk about uh, – the NBA, and specifically, what is going on with the Warriors in Game 3? What happened seems, to them? Yeah. It seems like just the uh, all the home teams are just going to be uh, slaughtering everybody. Yeah. Everybody. There's only two teams left. <laughs> all right. Well, so, it's been the case, though. There have been more one-sided games in this postseason than in any other season. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Okay, so you're listening to Sports Econ 101. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. This
this is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at pacificprivatemoney.com. Imagine your child cannot hear or speak. What do you do? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective services to children with hearing and communication difficulties. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Kids, our benefit golf tournament, on Monday, June 6th. Hosted at an exclusive club in San Mateo with lunch, golf, cocktails, and dinner included. Amazing prizes like a new Porsche, Pebble Beach giveaway, and more. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. Pedro Fernandez here. You might know me as the host of Ring Talk Live Worldwide, but this time I'm here to talk about that four-letter word everybody dreads, pain. If you have back pain or knee pain like I do, hey, you should know about the Health Alert Hotline. I'm talking about if Medicare is your primary medical insurance, and guess what? You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. Anything to help me with the pain, hey, makes it more manageable, gets my attention, folks. I love the free delivery, and they take care of the paperwork for you. So if you have Medicare and need help for your back, ankle, knee, or shoulder, guess what? Give the Health Alert Hotline a call toll-free, 1-800-428-1570, 1-800-428-1570. You can qualify for a back or knee brace or a shoulder brace for little or no charge. 1-800-428-1570, the Health Alert Hotline, 1-800-428-1570. Yosemite Gold Country Lodge has been called by guests a hidden gem, a beautiful place, and a great place with down-home country charm. A stay at Yosemite Gold Country Lodge means that you'll be in the historical gold district close to Yosemite. In addition to complimentary Wi-Fi, each room is equipped with a fireplace, and you could take advantage of the spa tub and a complimentary continental breakfast. Call 209-878-3400 or go to YGCLodge.com. Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? Yeah, we got my friend and uh, former co-worker at KGO Radio in San Francisco. Was there for well over 30 years, Rich Walkoff, joining us. And love to talk to Rich a little bit about the NBA playoffs and specifically the finals, obviously, because we got the Warriors and Cavs. And as we speak, that series is, yeah, I wouldn't say it's up in the air so much, but it's certainly a better series than we thought it was going to be. And, Rich, I don't know about you, but Edward and I were just mulling it over, you know, Every game, even the first game, was kind of a blowout. What is going on in this series? Why can't the home or why can't the visiting team put on a good show? What's the deal? <laughs> well, first of all, it is very much up in the air because it's a two-one series, and right now, what is it? A best of four? Yeah, you've got only uh, a handful of games to go, so you can't say it's a slam dunk that the Warriors are going to repeat, and it wouldn't be that phenomenally shocking. 
if LeBron carried the torch up the hill and, and the Cavaliers somehow won this thing, I, I still say it's a long shot, but it's by no means a done deal that the Warriors, uh, you know, win it again. I think the big reason is the Warriors are not as potent offensively as they were in the regular season, whether it's Steph Curry's injury or the rougher play in the playoffs or the tougher defense that a desperate Cavaliers team showed uh, last night. But you add it all up, and we have an NBA Finals worthy of your attention. You know, one of the things I've noticed that the Cavaliers did, it, and particularly in Game 3, they had to do it. They played with a sense of desperation. There was a lot more energy. The crowd gave them a lift. But they really bodied the Warriors. They played them kind of – A lot, of physical. Of, a lot yeah. of physical contact. And, and it reminded me, Rich, I don't know, you, you and I go back, and Edward does a ways, to the days of the 1970s and 80s when they let a lot more of the, uh, you know, the hits go. The referees were a lot more loose about calling – the fouls uh, on contact, and it seemed like Cleveland was really sort of seeing how far they could go. I guess maybe that's the way you have to to go against a team that's got you down two to nothing. You got to try everything, reach into the kit bag for any possibility that's going to work. But some of these fouls, well, no, no question. I mean, you saw the Thunder do that. Yeah. They're a stronger, more athletic team, taking a three-one lead. Uh, you know, playing aggressively and with the great will and, and force and whatnot. And then they reverted to what, what I love Charles Barkley's assessment, that hero ball where Durant and Westbrook just try to do it themselves rather than move the ball offensively. And the Warriors got more clamped down, and, and uh, their defense triggered the resurgence in that great comeback. And you know, Bruce and I were at those games sitting each other in Oakland with each other and just marveling at the tenacity, the will, the grit, the determination of this Warriors team, which was really challenged like never before. And in a way, they may face uh, the sequel or, or part two to that with the Cavaliers team, which I don't think is as good as the OKC. I was just going to say that OKC, I think, was a better team. Oh, no, yeah, no yeah. question. I think there are probably three or four teams in the West that could uh, be uh, hoisting a trophy had they, had they had the opportunity to take on the Cavaliers. But and- Cleveland will be hard-pressed to replicate that kind of shooting performance from LeBron, who is streaky, and J.R. Smith, who is likewise. Yeah. And will you see Steph and Clay experience such miserable efforts in Draymond like last night? Another thing, paradoxically, uh, Andrew Bogut is a great defender, and he's probably one of the best screen setters, even if half of them are illegal. But yeah. when he ends up sitting, when the Warriors get behind, or they want to go small and up the tempo and increase their defensive pressure on the perimeter, you lose one of the great screen setters for Curry. So then you mm-hmm. get double teamed, or you have LeBron on him, or he runs into traffic and they're bumping him around, and if he's not 100% as physically, you know, he's stronger than he was as a young man, but that's not going to play to his strength, no question. If you're the Cavs coach, when Kevin Love comes back, do you throw him back into the starting lineup, or do you go with what uh, worked for you in Game 3? I'm going to quote Tina Turner. What does love have to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about it. Kevin Love was a nightmare those first game and a half. And now with the concussion, let's say he gets clearance. I think you bring him in off the bench. It, it's somewhat reminiscent of Andre Iguodala replacing David Lee in a way a year ago. And then Lee coming off the bench. In, in some respects, Lee and Love are similar players. Love got a better three-point shot for sure. But one both offensive-minded, both defensive liabilities, both good rebounders. Uh, so 
if you have played as well with Richard Jefferson as your starter and as poorly with Kevin Love as your starter, why would you ruin that formula or, or break that formula? But I certainly wouldn't bury Kevin Love because he could be a lethal weapon off the bench. The question for the Warriors is, you know, Draymond Green afterwards said, the Cavs were that desperation team. You know, LeBron said, you go down 3-0, it's over. Their season was on the line last night. Whereas for the Warriors, he said, we were going in thinking it would be, you know, cream and, and uh, what was he? Uh, Peaches and cream? Peaches and cream, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the cream curdled last night. <laughs> yeah, you know, i got to ask and, you about Rich. Every time the Warriors have faced mm-hmm. this crisis, this question of character and resiliency and resolve, they have answered. That's true. Point. They make it they make it it's like torture of the giants revisited. <laughs> well I hope I hope Kerr puts uh Iguodala in for Hare Barnes to Actually, begin with. Barnes played pretty well. He, though, he, he, he did. Yeah. He did. But you know what? It, it seems like, I guess maybe because he's kind of skinny and wiry, he's, it's scared to go to, for the ball when it he gets doesn't, on the ground. He doesn't use the aggressiveness he, yeah. he should. Rich, one thing I've noticed, and I, I don't know if you've been listening to local talk radio or, or reading the papers much, but there was some mention about Curry's possible you know, being worn down with all the injuries he's had and he's just not shown much in the postseason. He doesn't have that spring to his step. He's only had a couple of moments where he's really gotten into a rhythm. And I'm wondering, you know, if the, the effects of not only the long season but just of the injuries that he's had, the knee, the ankle, um, that you know, the, he took that tumble into the, the stance, the elbow. Yeah. I mean, if this is having an effect on him, what, what, what do you see? Do you think it might be? Uh, do you think it's Cle- a combination of Cleveland's Pressure defense, double teaming him, and that, or is and, it, and don't yeah. for, don't forget that uh, LeBron um, blocked that shot after the. Uh, that's right after the, <laughs> uh, after the whistle blew. Yeah, that's, that, right. that's going to demoralize you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what, Steph Curry is mortal, and I, I'm sure he bleeds, but you probably need a lot of doctors to confirm that because he defies <laughs> all kinds of uh, uh, perceptions or or judgments. And every time you think that he has been beaten down or won't be able to bounce back, he's defied the, the doubters and the critics. And I would imagine you'll see tomorrow night more of a focused, determined, proud, and, and uh, I don't want to say defiant Steph Curry, but much the way you saw LeBron James, the facilitator in Game 1, six, seven turnovers in Game 2, Last night, he was the king again. It was like the resurrection, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, he maintained it, and he sustained it. Yeah, yeah what, what amazes me is how Curry seems to get better, uh, you know, third quarter and all that. Yeah, I would think that, like, say, first quarter, you know, you got all your energy. You're not tired at all. That's when you kind of come out strong. But Curry, it's rare that he comes out strong in the very beginning. He seems to get stronger as the day goes on. Well, I, I think when it comes to uh, strength, these guys are the most finely conditioned athletes in the world. They're all world-class thoroughbreds. I don't think it's a tiring aspect. I think it's a, can you keep your poise and your resolve and your focus when all the frenzy and furies around you? And I, very few athletes ever in any sport have been able to do it like Steph Curry. Yeah. So uh, I, I think there, and as to, in regards to Barnes, he's such a good defender and he's such a long and tall guy uh, to, to you know, help with the defensive end and also the rebound. You put up with his offensive liabilities, and they left him alone a few times. He made it pay, but that's one of the few times he's shown any offensive threat, and it was in a blowout loss. So I'm not sold on him being the guy that you want on the floor 
in crunch time, late in games, I prefer Iguodala. And maybe yeah. even at times, go to that three-guard offense with Livingston. And if they small, quote-unquote, but at least have more offensive threats. Because one thing that is kind of overlooked, I know the Warriors put up massive offensive numbers, the highest-scoring team in the league, but they really only have two excellent shooters in that starting road lineup. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Flash hey, hey, stay, stay, Rich, stay with us. We got to cut to a break. Uh, if, if you guys remember, Kevin Johnson used to play like all forty-eight minutes. That guy yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Okay, uh, first trivia question: What decade saw names first appear on the backs of NFL jerseys? Ooh. What decade? Okay. All right. First email with the correct answer is going to win a free three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Email Edward at SportsEcon101 dot com. The answer to this question: What decade saw names first appear on the backs of NFL jerseys, and I'll tell you, it wasn't the 1830s because <laughs> it wasn't around then. That's right. That's a hint. All right, stay with us. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt, and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800 800- 480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here is our first trivia question. What decade saw names first appear on the backs of NFL jerseys? I don't know how, how Rich feels about this, but I, I'm going to guess the 70s, because I don't think it was in the 60s. What do you think, Rich? I was going to say the 60s, but gosh, I don't recall offhand. And I was around for much of that. And yeah. Rich would be correct. The it 60s. was the 1960s. Okay. I, Rich, yeah. I was going to say the 60s, but I just, for some reason, hesitated. I, I pictured in my mind the Super Bowl, the first one, and I don't remember seeing the Max you know, McGee? On the Max back. McGee on the back, but, you know, then again. That's because if you were there in the 60s, you're supposed to say you don't remember. <laughs> That's, right. <laughs> That's right. Hey, no, we were talking to Rich about the, uh, the NBA playoffs, and it was interesting, Rich. I. Uh, one of one of the jobs, one of the many jobs I've had in broadcasting was working in TV, and I worked in Portland, Oregon, way back in the late 70s when the Blazers were coming off their championship year, and they had Jack Ramsey, of course, as their head coach. And I remember asking Jack Ramsey, I said, what is, um, is if there was a, a simple way to describe your team and why they're so successful, what is it that you would say makes them different than other teams? And he goes, we run. And I said, well, I know yep. all teams run. He goes, yep. no, but... He says, I put it up on the chalkboard before the before the game. Run, run, run. In other words, just be in perpetual motion. And I remember John Havlicek saying the same thing years later when he was asked to the uh, by somebody for the, uh, the reason for his success. And I think, Rich, tell me if you th- think I'm right here. One of the reasons why the Warriors have been so successful is that it's a perpetual motion kind of a, of a team. They just... A lot of times they just run teams ragged. Even on a bad night when the Warriors aren't shooting, they might run a team down a little bit or at least run their reserves out and have to well, bring in the fast bench. Breaks. Yeah, they, and not yeah. just the fast breaks, the way they space the floor, the way they move around. I mean, it's just a perpetual motion, and maybe it's they can do that a little bit more because they play more guys. I don't know. What What's your yeah. reflection on that, Rich? Well, when you say run, to me, that that's broad of a, of a reference. Right. I would say, I would say it's the swarming... Uh, denial defense mm-hmm. that triggers the break and the ability to get easy points when you have odd man rushes, as they say in hockey, when you're at two-on-one breaks or, you know, breakaway dunks and the like. How often have you seen the Warriors catapult a bad shooting night with tightening defense that jumpstarts yeah. their offense? Exactly. When a scorer is having a – when a shooter is having a bad night, yeah. you know, missing – long shots, what's the first thing that a coach would tell them? Go to the rack, take it yeah. to the hole, and then build your confidence off of that. So I think the Warriors' defense has been a greater barometer of their success than I, anything. I sure wish they would grab more <laughs> offensive rebounds, though, because you notice uh, when the shooter's shooting, everyone seems to just run back. Uh, you know, as, as though they only have so much gas, so they don't, you know, they don't think they're fast enough or whatever. But the thing is, you know, what are they shooting? Sometimes, especially when you're shooting poorly, like 38%. Well, if you're shooting poorly, it really shows well, up. Yeah. Yeah. Edward, I, th- I think that's a philosophical decision by uh, Ron Adams and Steve Kerr and Luke Walton and, yeah. and the staff to deny the break the other way. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, you might give up on the offensive rebounding. You may be one and done on the, on the long shots. That don't fall, but you deny the other team those easy baskets, and I think that you know that, that old line about defense wins championships may be trite, but it is true now as ever. You're not going to win giving up the kind of points the Warriors gave up last night, and you'll give up offensive rebounds 
rather than give up easy baskets the other way. Mm. I got to ask you about LeBron James because I, to me, he's one of the most intriguing athletes we've ever seen. I mean, he is a man child, literally. Yeah. Well, he was when he was 18, 19 years old. He's 6'8", six, uh, six, 250 pounds, built like a tight end. He, he plays like a bull. He can take over a game. I mean, I can't remember, Rich. I've been watching NBA basketball a long time, and you have too, and I know Edward has. Can any of you guys even remember anybody who remotely reminds you of LeBron? I can't. Will Chamberlain. Well, but Will Chamberlain just, but he was, was a center, though. Yeah, but, he was a center. Yeah. This guy can do it yeah. all, and he's such a great yeah. passer. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, you think if Cone had the yeah. oh. of Magic Johnson and the athleticism of Kobe Bryant and somehow yeah. could you know, metamorphosize those three characters into one human being, you have King James. But he, to me, remains enigmatically inconsistent and disappearing or not carrying the torch in key moments and being a facilitator rather than a finisher, I think undermines his team. And he's, in a way, overly generous to yeah. uh, the common good when his supporting cast isn't worthy. Yeah, that's a yeah, good that's, point. That's a very he good does, point. That's a, you know, because there's so many times where I've seen him He's got a good shot, a good percentage shot in front of him. And he'll he'll pass the ball off, which yeah, you know. He, yeah, he kind of seemed to give up his three point shooting. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, yeah. he doesn't feel comfortable with it, maybe, but I, maybe he's trying to be more inclusive with his teammates. I know he's a one thing I like about LeBron is he's very uh, he's a great teammate. I mean, yeah, you never hear killed. anybody complain about LeBron James being you know a sulker or somebody who. Uh, is, is going to create problems. He is a, you know, he's the ultimate good teammate. But he seems like he, sometimes he just realizes, you know what, I just have to take this matters in my own hands. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know. Hey, let, me, let me ask you guys uh, from an uh, economic standpoint, because I'm not sure the answer to this. I know in baseball, basically going back to the 1919 Black Sox scandal, that they decided to uh, only pay the players assuming the team also, on the first four games. You're talking about, well, you, the winner would get a certain amount of money. Regardless, well, regardless of how they won the series, they could win it in four games, they could win it in seven games. You'd get the winner's share would always be the same. It's always been that way in, well, all, but, but, in all sports. Well, okay. So, oh, I was going to ask you. Okay, so it's basketball been, is that, the same way. It's always right? been that's that way. Yeah. Under, okay. That's not my understanding in baseball. When the series goes deeper, uh, the World Series share for the players increases because the the money has increased. You know, I I no, I, 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 I thought that was true, Rich, yeah. but I don't think that actually is. I, I think I think what happened, and it goes back to 1919, yeah, because but I may be wrong. The, the players basically what happened was they would decide, you know what, if, if the more games we play, the, there's going to be more revenue to share, mm. and so they would you know that each throw games. You know, that's a good question yeah. though. I, we'd have to look that one up. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I wasn't I sure th- about basketball. I, 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 I think it'd be the same. Yeah, I, w- I thought it was the same, but I may be wrong. I don't know, Rich. Have you heard substi- you know for sure that it's the what well, I know, is, I know you share the revenue pool, and when the TV money goes up and the rate goes up, I think you share a. There's a bigger piece of the pie. Is my understanding of it? What's the What's the incentive then not to have a seven game series? Yeah. Then if you're going to make more, of course, yeah. The incentive is you want to win the championship. You know, these guys are making well, enough well, money. Well, as true. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I mean, well, that's how true. Much, how much more money are they really more, getting yeah. relative to their salary right, compared to 1919, yeah, where yeah, you know you yeah, had yeah, to have a second job? Different story. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Is the NBA today, Rich, uh, in your mind, as good as it's ever been? Is 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 much fun to watch? As compelling, or do you do you think there was no. an era where it was better? No. I, I think it's it's markedly uh, inferior in many ways. Really, uh, compared I, compared to when? I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the three point shot. Really, you don't like the three point shot, huh? I, I, I think it's. It's the basketball equivalent of the DH in some ways. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're going to hate me because I, I want a four-point shot. <laughs> yeah, well, That's crazy. You know, That's crazy. No. Said, uh, 
you know, break out the clowns and the, the <laughs> nose. <laughs> I, I agree. I disagree, though, Rich. I think the one thing I loved about the old ABA is they had the three-point line. That was a lot, actually a little further out, so it was tougher to make. But I, I think oh, the bad, right? I think what Rich is saying, and I agree with this, I think it is is ca- it has caused a lot of young players to spend more time either going inside for the short shot, the low percentage shot, or or trying you know to do what Steph Curry is doing instead of the mid range jumper, which a guy like Sean Livingston really excels yeah. in throwing. We would would like to see more of that, and I agree that that is one thing that's kind of a dying uh, shot. And you know, I, teams should try to emphasize that more. I agree with you there. I don't know. I. I well, I, I like I like it myself. Yeah, it makes I really it, do. Well, because if, the thing, it because gives you more gotta, variety. Otherwise, well, we, guys, guys we, just going for the. the well, we've got a team right here in the Bay Area that's just you know it's so much fun to watch. But uh, so you think the Warriors would still be that effective without the three point shot? Oh, they wouldn't be nearly as good. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'd so lose they some were, games. What did they make? Uh, eight hundred threes this year, something, something like that in they, eighty games. Yeah, they shot. Some, I think they shot something like thirty-eight percent from three-point range. It was and close you got to the it. best two three-point shooters of the two of the top five in the game yeah. in the world. Yeah, planet forever. Charles Barkley is with you. He hates it. He he does not like but it. I think it adds a, enough variety because you, you know it's important. Sometimes you have to get a three-point play. Yeah, you know, three-pointer. But then also it's like. You know, you also can choose to go to the rim versus, you know, you're always going to go to the rim if, if you, you know what I mean? Well, if, I like, I like it out. for the simple reason that if you're down by 15 points with yeah. five minutes to go, you're still in the game if you have exactly. a good, if you get on a roll. And that makes it more interesting. Anyway, that's just my. And how'd you like your four point well, play with uh, Curry getting you, five? I think you, you inordinately reward the, the, the long Gunners. distance shot <laughs> yeah. 50% more than a hard earned shot in the paint encourages you to be more proficient at it. I remember when I looked into the statistics for the Showtime Lakers in the early 80s, you know, Magic Johnson made 13 threes the entire season, the year that they went and won a championship. I think the Lakers shot about 11% on only, uh, you know, 83 pointers the entire season. Mm. They're basically taking one a game. I don't think there was but as that's much a choice, though, and there right? wasn't as much three-point shooting back in the '80s. Yeah. I don't think. Do you, Rich? No, I mean, well, I... as much? Are you kidding me? The Warriors launched yeah. the game. I know. And, and it's, when did that? You know, I'm I'm trying to think. When did when did the the preponderance of three-pointers become, you know, a much more noticeable thing? Is it just well, ten, it came ten in '79, and I don't think it became prominent until boy, within the last decade. I think you're right. Not, not to the degree that it, you know, it is. Yeah. It certainly changed everything. It's changed the way the game is played. You're right. I mean, it is like adding, in a sense, it is like adding the DH and that the DH has changed baseball. Uh, baseball. Well, you think the Warriors can hang on and win this thing? I mean, a lot of people are blowing with the win. Oh, the Cavaliers won one game. Now we're seeing the real Cavaliers, and they're going to come back and make this a series. We have to cut to a, a break. So, uh, Rich, I know you have to go. Why don't you answer that really quickly, and then we'll cut. You, we'll let you go. I think the Warriors win this in uh, in six. They're not going to win it at home then, huh? Maybe even go, maybe even go seven, but Ooh. the Warriors are the better team. Yeah. But it's no cakewalk, and you know you're always one injury away. If Steph That's Curry is, is truly more hobbled than we know, or if you know Clay was one knee to the thigh yeah. away from oh, yeah. maybe being out for the series, That's right? That's true, yep. All right, Rich Walkoff, thank you so much for joining us again on Sports Econ 101. Thank you. All right, bye. All right. All right. Okay, we're going to cut to our last or second break here. Uh, what two players are tied for second behind Ty Cobb in total career runs? Mm. Stay with us. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back.
Yosemite Gold Country Lodge has been called by guests a hidden gem, a beautiful place, and a great place with down-home country charm. A stay at Yosemite Gold Country Lodge means that you'll be in the historical gold district close to Yosemite. In addition to complimentary Wi-Fi, each room is equipped with a fireplace, and you could take advantage of the spa tub and a complimentary continental breakfast. Call 209-878-3400. Or go to YGCLodge.com. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. How would you like to earn over 8% per year in your investment portfolio in a conservative investment that has been considered one of the best-kept secrets in investing? At Pacific Private Money, we are actually paying over 8%. Imagine what a mutual fund of low loan-to-value mortgages would look like. Well, that is very similar to what participating in the Pacific Private Money Fund is like, because we own many loans in the fund that are actually less than 60% loan-to-value. It would be extremely difficult to find an investment that yields over 8% with this much collateral. We pay you monthly. Can you imagine earning more in one month than most banks are paying in one year? Of course you have questions about how we can deliver this, so call Pacific Private Money at 415-883-2150 and we will answer all of your questions. You can also visit us at pacificmoneyfund.com. Imagine your child cannot hear or speak. What do you do? Where do you go? Weingarten Children's Center provides innovative and effective services to children with hearing and communication difficulties. Support our programs by attending Tee Off for Kids, our benefit golf tournament, on Monday, June 6th. Hosted at an exclusive club in San Mateo with lunch, golf, cocktails, and dinner included. Amazing prizes like a new Porsche, Pebble Beach giveaway, and more. Buy tickets or support today at listenspeaklearn.org. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question was, what two players are tied for second behind Ty Cobb in total career runs? I think one of them might have been Ricky Henderson. Is that right? No, didn't have him there. Uh, Was he uh, recent, last last 20 years? No. Prior to the the 1960s? Uh, One of them was from the 60s. From the 60s. Come on, come on. Yeah, Ooh, I know you know this. Uh, I should know. Willie Mays. Uh, no. no. That's right. Willie drove in a lot of runs, but he didn't score as many that's, as he yeah, drove exactly. in. Exactly. Uh, but you're getting kind of cl- in that. Cl- you're getting close. Outfielder. Yes. Dodgers. No. No. Cardinals. Lou no. Brock. No. Uh, you think home runs. Power hitter. Yeah. Oh, a guy like like Henry Aaron. Hank Aaron was oh, one of them. Really. And who's the other power hitter? In in same era. No. Earlier. Yep. 
Come on. African-American? Nope. Latino? Nope. Uh, Caucasian? Yes. You're running out of races oh. there, my friend. <laughs> East Coast or West Coast? East Coast. New York? Yes. Yankees? Yeah. Yes. Mickey Mantle? No. Uh, before him. Oh, Yogi Berra. No, no before Berra. him. Before Oh, Joe DiMaggio. No, no. before him. <laughs> Luke Gehrig. <laughs> no, but I, 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 yes, just before he, just two. Babe Ruth. Yes, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. There you go. God, 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 I mean, I, geez. See, we almost took half a show with that one. Yeah, I did. We used up half a show. Well, okay. speaking of which, you know, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about Muhammad Ali. I yes. mean, that to me, I we knew that he was in bad health. We knew yeah. he's an older guy, 75, suffering from Parkinson's. It still is kind of a shock, though, when, you know, you've seen him the last few years. He's not the same guy. But it's still a shock. That guy was just yeah. so full of life that he's no longer with us. It, I still have a hard time believing it. Yeah, me too. It's funny. I I got to say, I was never an Ali fan. I like Joe Frazier. I like George really? Foreman. I don't know. I think it was just... Well, he was, he was brash. Much, he, was, he was a I'll little say, too he, brash He was me. an acquired taste. I mean, yeah. he, right from the beginning, he was brash. And when he became Muhammad Ali, which was fairly early in his career, it yeah. ticked off a lot of people because he was very strident in his views. And the thing I liked about Ali as I, as I got older was that he was true to his beliefs. He wasn't a shill for anybody. He wasn't a phony. I mean, he stood up and said, I'm not going to, I had got no, what was the famous quote? I ain't got no yeah, uh, beef with those, or, beef with M. Viet Cong. And that's why he Well, refused. that's true. I mean, yeah. no, no, no soldier really did. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, he just said, I don't feel like fighting in a war that I don't believe we should be fighting in. And at the time, there were a lot of people felt that way. So Now, did um, he become a Muslim because of that? Cause no, I never really... he became a Muslim well before that. Oh, he, he did? He became a Muslim in, uh, I think, 63 or 64, and he refused induction in 67, at 66, if you remember the Vietnam War, the the um, there was a lot. There were a lot more protests about the war from say about 66, 67, yeah. 68. That's when it became very unpopular. I remember as a kid, I I kept thinking to myself, "Geez, I was right at the right age where a couple of years I could be drafted. What am I going to do when I face that yeah. choice of uh, join? If you know, if I but I I knew I had a student affirmative if I went to college, which I did. Yeah, my so. my my uh, my mother had told me she was going to stick up ice pick in my ear and send me to Canada. <laughs> oh, there now, you I go. was a little too young for the Vietnam yeah. War, but uh, the next war that came around. Well, uh, when did, no, when did they get rid of the draft? I'm trying to remember. They, uh, some 70, 70, 75? 76? Yeah. yeah because Mid-70s was right after the war. Yeah, it was right after it. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, my, my brother almost had to go. It's uh, it's interesting though. Muhammad Ali was right in the middle of all this social turmoil. I mean, the the, the civil rights movement, the, the black separatist movement, the anti-war movement. He was a voice and yeah. I think he was one of the first athletes who really was outspoken. And because he was yeah. African-American on top of that, I think he was in, in kind of charismatic and just the way he carried himself and the way he spoke. He just had more impact. Uh, yeah, he, he was very eloquent. Very uh, eloquent. You know, very yeah. intelligent guy. Yeah. He didn't uh, fix the – he didn't um, – uh, he wasn't like a typical boxer. You know what's interesting it, about him, though? He was—he had a learning disability and had a hard time reading. He didn't actually ever oh, read. Really? He didn't that. read very much at all. But he had just, as you say, he was a very intelligent guy. What I liked about Ali is he revolutionized the sport. And in, in yeah. the way he boxed, a lot of young boxers sort of picked up on that. And, you, you know, you saw... The shuffling of the feet? Well, you know, and the <laughs> dancing. I mean, look at Sugar Ray Leonard, you know. Yeah. And look at some oh, yeah. of these guys who later came along and sort of had the alley style. Nobody was quite like him. And we think about it during the, the peak of his uh, you know, powers, which is really like his best boxing really was in the early and mid-60s. Yeah. He, um, he made boxing, I think, as, as popular. When you, had Ali, when you had Ali fighting Frazier and the rumble in the jungle yeah. uh, with George Foreman, those fights were as, as, as popular as the Super Bowl, maybe more so in some respects. Yeah. 
And, you know, boxing today, who do you think about when you think about boxers? Marvin Hagler? He was kind of a thug. Uh, yeah. You know? I mean, Ali was not a thug. Ali was... No, that's true. He was, he was a boxer, not he a was fighter. A bo- he was a boxer. Yeah. And he was a, he was a true... Uh, you know, he was true to his beliefs. So and Then yeah. when, when Mike Tyson came, out, came on the scene, I mean, he kind of... Came, it seems like you know boxing kind of after you know Foreman and you know Spinks and all that kind of kind of died down a little bit. And then Tyson comes on the scene and he kind of brings it back to life again. He did. He had a different sort of a style. I mean, he just <laughs> Mike Tyson was scary to watch. He was. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked to see the, the Ali versus Tyson. Ali versus Tyson would have been interesting because you have two very very uh, distinct styles. I think Ali in his prime could beat anybody. But but nah, after he got Marciano too. You got to. You go, could say that about yeah. Marciano or Joe Lewis. You you. Yeah. The sad thing is we know we know that Ali was a great fighter. I think he was fifty eight and three in his career, but. Three of his best could have been his best years were taken away from him because he refused induction. So sixty seven, he would have been twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. Those are prime That's true. years. Yeah. That's true. So we don't know, you know. And it was kind of sad towards the end. He was fighting guys like Trevor Burbick and fighting guys like uh oh gosh, you know, Larry, Jerry Corey. Jerry Corey. <laughs> well, that was earlier, but Larry Holmes, you know, that yeah. was kinda and Holmes just destroyed him. And it was it was really sad to see. He yeah, how that, old was he when he fought Holmes? Thirty nine. And yeah. it was in 1980, and by that time, I think it was clear that he was losing it not only on the yeah, physically, but physically, mentally but too. mentally too. Yeah, he took too many shots. But how, Foreman was what 50 something when he he went back into the ring. Yeah, he? he was amazing. And, <laughs> I, you know, I think that, that guy. and it's funny. George Foreman never admitted this, but I think people who follow boxing would tell you that the best thing that ever happened to George Foreman was losing to Ali because it right. caused him to not only uh, really look at himself. But he became a lot more humble. He, you, I don't know if you remember this, but George Foreman, when he first broke into the fight game, was kind of a not, not cocky, but sort of a he didn't have a real personality. And yeah, he was that's sort true. of a little insecure. I and that. He became like this wonderful, warm, funny, you know, gregarious yeah. guy that, that really uh, was, I think, helped to popularize the sport. And, the, and a lot more successful. A lot more. Well, grill and all these yeah, other things. Yeah, he was out. smart enough to, to uh, you know, market himself. I mean, that that's the thing Ali did. Ali didn't have to do that because he had such a magnificent magnetic personality with his little uh, poems and you know the way he'd mug for the cameras i love the the times he'd get on tv with howard, howard Cosell, Cosell and yeah. try to pull howard's toupee off you know and howard say eh, i'm the one that made you what you were if it wasn't for me you'd still be a kid in louisville kentucky you know? <laughs> and i bet all he just kind of yeah. ate that oh up, he though. loved it they, they, those two really loved each other it was really when ali had his uh, i think it was his 60th birthday Howard was sick, and Howard couldn't make it. And Howard, by this time, was in his 70s. And Howard sent him, and you can go to YouTube if you look it up, uh, a tribute to Ali. And he gets very emotional. His eyes water up, and he goes, Muhammad, I love you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> it was, but it was, really, it was really sweet. I mean, I saw it the other day, and I had tears in my eyes, you know, because it was from the heart. I met Howard Cosell several times. Howard Cosell was, was like... Was like Muhammad Ali in that there was no phoniness to him. He was a showman. He was yeah, yeah. Uh, what you saw was what you got. Yeah, <laughs> very, very interesting guy. It was fun. A good story about my, about uh, uh, Howard Cosell. I met him in the press box at a Raider game, and uh, because I had to get some kind of, I had to get an interview with him, and he wouldn't do the interview. But he turned me on to a guy named um, oh, Chet Forty, the producer. Or the director, I guess. He goes, there's the man. That's the genius behind. That's the <laughs> man behind the curtain. That's the wizard. He says, we're all just players and he's the wizard. Talk to him. <laughs> so I did the interview with him. And I was at the time I was working in Seattle. It was a Monday night game in Seattle on 79. And I said, you know, I went up to Mr. Cosell. I said, Mr. Cosell, I, I really appreciate you setting me up with Chet Forty for the interview. It was a great interview. But if I don't come back to the station 
with an interview with you, my boss is going to kill me. And, you know, and, I, and I'm going to have to make something up. Yeah, and he, he <laughs> looked at me and he goes, young man, your persistence has worn me down. What do you want to know? And I had a great interview. And from that point on, it was about two or three more years of seeing him at Monday Night Games down here in the Bay Area. He'd always say, what are you doing down here? How come you're not up in Seattle anymore? Wow, he'd remember. Yeah, he had, a, oh, he had an amazing memory. I sat in with him when he did the Monday Night Highlights. You remember how he used to do those highlights? Oh, I love he those. He did that with no script. He'd look at, he'd have a bare bones thing like, you know, uh, Bart Starr throws to Max McGee, touchdown, okay. seven nothing. He'd describe, you know, Max McGee, what kind of movies made, where, where he went to college. Bart Starr got knocked out last week, came back. He knew all this stuff. And he just, yeah. and he, they had a certain number of seconds yeah. to do it in. And he'd do it right to the, right to the second. And when he finished, he goes, here's a little stopwatch. And he clicked the stop. He goes, right on the money as usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to love uh, I Monday that. Night Football, the highlights. Because back then, yeah. they didn't have ESPN no, and, and all that. So I was trying no, to think it, of, like, when, when, did we, when did you ever really get to see any highlights? Yeah. Howard loved, uh, Howard loved boxing, though, and he loved Muhammad Ali. And I think think that that special quality of uh of friendship that you saw was authentic it wasn't a put on and, and uh ali was kind of a you know he was a hard guy to get to know i imagine i mean you know he was larger than life i met him one time and it was like being in the presence of a of the pope you know it really huh. was it's kind of scary intimidating i guess don king doesn't have that kind of reputation now, don king is another guy i got to interview him he's an interesting guy very gregarious very accommodating but you better not ask him a question that's going to put him on edge because he'll get back in your face in a hurry he had kind of a dark side to him very dark well, side. well you know he stopped the man to death once when he was a, a, a numbers runner i believe in cleveland allegedly i'm not saying he did it but allegedly he did um this yeah, is a how numbers the runner goes. yeah a guy who was like the a bookie you know oh yeah because okay. he was involved gotcha, don okay. king used to be involved in some stuff that was you know kind of questionable know, questionable yeah yeah. But, but and that's no secret though. I mean, no, like, it's no secret. It's kind of, is he still around? By the way, Don I, King. I don't know. I think yeah. he he may have passed on. Yeah, he may have. I I don't remember him passing on. But then again, I don't. If he did, we would have heard about it by now, or I would remember. Yeah. So maybe he's still around. Okay, uh, shifting over uh, a little Sports Illustrated yeah. article about women in the pits. Women in the pits. Women in the pits. You're talking about auto racing. Auto racing. Yeah, yeah. and like then they're the, talking the crew. about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I think uh, it's sort of the, the challenge of can they get the tires on and off fast <laughs> enough? Really, well, if they're I mean, strong. Got, if they're you got to you got to work out with those weights and build those build that strength up. I but guess. It, it sounds like it's 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 actually a good idea, though. I think it'll make you know. I mean, NASCAR is already very popular. Right. You know, they're doing it, I guess, in Formula One. But I, I think it's actually a pretty good idea. To get women in the pits? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they they can do it. If they can do it, why not? I mean, uh, I think it adds a little more human element, and it also, maybe it helps to attract more women to to the the event. From an economic standpoint, I think it's really smart. Well, Danica Patrick alone has helped to bring a lot of women into the sport, uh, you know, in in terms of watching it and paying attention to it. Because let's face it, auto racing, NASCAR, IndyCars, whatever, never really been that popular with women until recently. And Danica Patrick kind of helped change that. I think she's a little gal too. Is she about five foot two, five foot three? You don't know she, how tall she is. She, she fits in real nicely into those little cockpits because she's not a big a big girl, a big woman. I should say yeah. she's not a she's a she's in her late twenties or early thirties now. But yeah. I, I think it's been great to have. Uh, and we've had you know some women drivers over the years, but Danica seems to maybe it's because she's a, a very attractive woman, very outgoing, yeah. very uh, you know her brand so to speak has has attracted people. So. Yeah, Good she thing. doesn't seem like she's got a chip on her shoulder. No, either. she not just at says, all. "Hey, listen, I'm a, I'm a racer like all these other guys. Yeah. Maybe I'll win. Maybe I won't." Well, she's very agreeable. Again, <laughs> she, if you're if you're an agreeable athlete and you're successful, like LeBron James, for instance, 
You're going to have the world's going to be your oyster. Everybody loves LeBron. I mean, how can you not? He's a nice guy. You never hear about anything he well, does off the court that's bad. Except for when he left Cleveland to go to Miami. That, that was that a bad was decision. Yeah. Anything with Jim Gray, you know, you're doing is not a good idea. <laughs> Jim Gray is just, you know, I'm not a big fan of Jim Gray. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. We're going to. Don't want to tell you why, but I'm just going to say that. We'll, we'll leave that part yeah, alone. Yeah. All right. Ready for our third and final trivia question? Who won an Olympic gold medal? at the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul, Korea, when he defeated future world champion Riddick Bowe by a second-round technical knockout? Wow. That's our question. Cool. All right. Uh, email edward at sportsecon101, and uh, you might be a winner of a three-day, two-night stay at the Lighthouse Resort. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. When we come back, we're going to have some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. 
Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here is our third and final trivia question. Who won an Olympic gold medal at the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul, Korea, when he defeated future world champion Riddick Bowe? By a second round technical knockout. I can't remember that one. Lennox Lewis. Lennox Lewis. Oh, yeah, Lennox from, Lewis. from uh, England. And he was a pretty good boxer for a number of years. Big dude. Big yeah, dude. I remember him being really big. Yeah. Okay, so I saw a couple of jokes here. I just oh, had to, It's joke time, all right? Joke time. So, Edward's joke corner. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> joke corner. Okay, so a murderer is sitting in the electric chair, was about to be executed. This is funny? This is funny, yes. Yeah, okay. Have you any last requests? Asked the chaplain. Yes, replied the murderer. Would you please hold my hand? <laughs> <laughs> that, that actually is good. I That's like cute. That. Okay. That is cute. Here's another one. It says, kids today don't know how easy they have it. When I was young, I had to walk nine feet through shy carpet to change the TV channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I remember the old story about parents used to say, I had to walk five miles through the snow to school. Uphill both ways. Uphill both ways. That's yeah, right. You you can't, can't forget that part. That's right. All right. So oh, those um, people back in the old days. That's why they call them the greatest generation, toughest. That's they true. were the toughest. They, they, they were. All right. You ready for this? Yes. Here's our thoughts for the day. Okay. Babe Ruth said, it's hard to beat up a person who never gives up. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And winners, while most of are dreaming of success, winners wake up and work hard to achieve it. They don't think about it. They just do it. They just do it. Like that, like that. Wasn't there some famous, uh, you know, I guess it was Nike. Nike commercial says yeah. just do it? Just do it. That's, That's right. right. Who yeah, came yeah, up the, with that? Who came up with that? Anyway, I don't know. Like Coke, it's the real thing. Some yeah. guy made millions on that. Yeah, you, you and I are going to get together and we're going to come up with some slogan. For the, for the Edward Brown show. That's right. Well, actually, I did come up with one. What's that? Yeah, that is... Uh, honor is given, respect is earned. I like that. You like that? Very good. All right. That, are you sure that's yours? That's, that's mine. I made that one up. Wow. Tune in next week to Sports Can I Con. steal that sometime? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Just give me credit for it. Okay. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and giving away more free vacations. I like those free vacations. Yeah, there you go. For answering yeah. sports trivia questions, thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long. 